Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, I have a dear friend as my guest today. His name is Brian Dempsey out of Georgia. We met, I want to say a couple of years ago, and we've been in touch and we, um, he's just been a really great support for me and my business and personally, and uh, he's a fantastic gentleman. And before I bring Brian on, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about him. So Brian Dempsey is a 26-year digital marketing veteran who built his first website in 1995 when the internet was only three years old. Since then, he has had the privilege of working with hundreds of clients around the world to help them clarify their marketing message increase their online visibility, design compelling visual and verbal identities, and connect with new and existing customers in meaningful ways to help grow their businesses. He is the former co-founder of Red Clay Interactive and founded his current agency, Right Tribe Smart Marketing, 16 years ago. Brian's passion is helping clients spend their marketing dollars smarter to connect with new and existing customers, especially helping small business owners to use video to grow their businesses. Brian helps his clients to clarify their message, gain confidence on camera, and connect emotionally with content that resonates with users. Brian works side-by-side with his wife of over 30 years, and her name is Holly, who he calls his right arm in the business. They currently live in Georgia and have four adult children. Welcome, Brian Dempsey. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. I appreciate that. You're so welcome. Good to see you. I'm excited that you're on the show. Me too. Thank, I'm, I'm glad we're able to get it scheduled. Oh, I know. Busy schedules and, um, you know, all the things. So before we dive in, I do a, an icebreaker. Okay. And it's, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Oh, wow. Um, so I don't need a lot of sweets. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my, my belly wouldn't necessarily tell you that, but I don't eat a lot. Um, and goodness, um, I would probably say, uh, oatmeal raisin is my favorite cookie and, um, cookie memory. We always had cookie cakes because yeah. I didn't, I didn't really like, um, I didn't really like cake and ice cream. So we had cookie cakes, uh, for my birthday, usually when I was growing up, but honestly, I just, I don't need a whole lot of sweets. No, it's all right. But if there were a cookie that you'd go for on a plate. Yeah, it would raisin. probably yeah, it would probably be oatmeal raisin. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, you know, it is what it is. This is the first time I've gotten somebody that's like, I don't really do sweets all that much. Yeah, well, I don't I don't like chocolate. I don't um I don't what kind really, of man are you? I know is Holly I know. is a Holly's a sweet person? Uh she is. Yeah, in yeah. fact, in fact, we were at uh uh we were at dinner the other night. And she's like, oh, you know, what Wells Fargo app gives you points back when you when, when you spend at you know certain locations. And there's that American cookie right there. Yeah. And I'm like, 
we, we can drive by there. You can smell it. You can go to the mall where they've got all the fudge factory things. And it just is so gross to me. I have no desire whatsoever. Wow. But if you have some bourbon or whiskey, I do know that that is something that you would love. Yes. And, and, and a pipe. I, I smoke my pipe sometimes and, and a pipe. Bourbon, so. <laughs> hey, you put your velvet jacket on too. Well, I mean, I'm not Hugh Hefner, but you know, I mean, but that's what they're for is to keep the smoke off. I mean, Hugh Hefner was yeah. known for his, his velvet jacket, but I mean, <laughs> that's what they're for. It's a smoking jacket. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I don't, I don't have to put on a jacket to sit on the back porch, um, but I do have to sit on the back porch to smoke my pipe. Right. 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 That's fun. Well, welcome. Welcome. Okay. So now that we've gotten to know a little bit more about you, you're not a sweets person, but Holly is. Yeah. And so tell us a little more about you and your family. It says uh, in their intro, it said that you worked with Holly a little bit. Um, yeah. She does probably more behind the scenes, right? And, um, and your kids. Yeah. So, um, so we actually got married at 19 years old. So wow. um, yeah, in fact, Holly had just turned 19 and we've been married now uh, for 31 years, going on 32 years this year. Congratulations. And so um a long, long time. Um, we had, uh, we had four kids under five years old. So, um, you know, there, there was a time, you know, we, we waited just a few years. We had our first at 24. So we had four kids, um, by the time we were 29 years old. And I can remember there was a time where we had, um, well, our kids would have been maybe like five, four, three, and one. Yeah. And so we'd have two car seats, a booster seat, a double stroller, a single stroller, two diaper bags, and um, bought diapers in cases from the manufacturer. We bought yeah. seconds from this little thing around the corner um, in cases of 150. And so, um, so, so we've always been busy. Um, and then we've homeschooled about half the time that we had the kids. Uh, at home and then they were in private school and it wasn't until the last two for the last couple of years went to a public high school to play sports um, so we've we, we've seen a lot of different things when it comes to uh, to kids and Holly has always worked with me in my business for the last 16 years um, while you know homeschooling and while also you know managing the house and so uh yeah, you're right. She's always been behind the scenes, but she's always been the one there to make sure things get done and move forward. So, right. Yeah. Moving the house along. And so how is it to build a new business homeschooling? That's a lot of kids, young kids. At a, I mean, at one point, so when my youngest was born, well, he's exactly three and a half years apart from my oldest and, okay. um, he's turning, five this weekend at the time of this recording. Oh, my baby. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, I had three under four, I suppose. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause he was three and a half when, when my youngest was born, my oldest one was. And, um, so yeah, it, it was, it was a lot. Yep. It is. Well, you know, we, um, af after the third th things just didn't change. I mean, we, we did everything. We went everywhere. It was just, it was just normal. It was just life. And people thought we were crazy. But, um, but, but it was wonderful. I mean, the kids were amazing and, um, yeah, we just didn't know any different. Right. And I mean, once you have three house. and you're outnumbered, like what's another one? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's exactly right. Other than room and money, yeah. but for the most part, you're already playing zone. So that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Our, our oldest is our only daughter and then three sons. And mm. 
she, she was kind of like a little mommy. She always wanted to help, you know, I mean, she was, uh, that, that was her thing. And then when, when they were really little, we had all three boys in one room, you know, we had bunk beds and, you know, we had a set of bunk beds and then another little race car type bed or something, you know, and, um, you know, from, from friends, you know, it was that kind of race car bed. Um, but, uh, and then, do they like, do they like that? Do they like sharing a room and, and, um, you, you know, we, we, we switched a lot. And so, um, it, it seemed that every couple years, one, for whatever reason would, uh, one would have his own room and then Haley left for college. And then my youngest son decided he was going to sleep in her room. And when she didn't come back for that summer of her freshman year, he literally boxed all of her stuff up, stuck it in the closet and moved in. Okay. And so, uh, so, you know, I think, I think the last two houses, everybody's had their own rooms, but when they were they little, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were little, they, they shared a whole lot more. Yeah. My kids keep telling me they want to share a room and I'm like, you say that now, but yeah. that's not going to last forever. Um, so, and it's more noisy for me because trying to get you settled down, forget it. Right. So yep. I like the fact that they all have their own rooms and we're lucky to have that, but, um, yeah. You know, as I get older, it's like when you're 18, you're going to be sharing a room. Well, look, I'm going to tell you the, the thing is, though, um, as they get older, they don't they don't, they just don't leave. Right. Because my kids now they're 26, 25, 24 and 22. And uh, right. <laughs> you know, every time we turn around, um, one of them's moving back in and now moving back in with their wife and their dog and, you know, staying eight months. And then, you know, in another month, I think another one's going to move in until they buy a house with their wife and dog. And so, oh boy, um, so they never so, leave, which is come and go, but at least they know they can come to mom and dad. Right. Well, and, and, and it's good that they can, you know, it's, it's different phases because as soon as you think, oh, wow, we've got the house to ourselves and all this is great. Then, then we'll turn around and have grandbabies and and spend the, the night parties. Right. So, uh, oh, yeah. but it's, it's just different phases for sure. And so when you had that going on, you started bright tribe mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit about, about bright tribe and what, what it does. And, um, I've been, I mean, I've gotten to see it and I, I think it's great, especially if you have a small business and you're trying to grow and keep up with technology for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so, as you mentioned in the intro, I've, I've been in kind of the web design digital space for 26 years. And um, that's quite literally three years after the internet was made public, right? I started piddling around building websites and um, have done it pretty much full time now for tw- almost 25 years. And so um, I've had Bright Tribe, uh, my company here, for 16 years. Uh, in fact, 4th of July will be our 16 year anniversary. Oh. And um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's coming up quickly. Um, but at Bright Tribe, you know, we, we do, I, I used to work with big companies and that, that, that was kind of my thing. My, my former agency, um, you know, we had, we literally had clients just around the globe and 25 people in the huge loft office. And, you know, you, you had to have tons of money to, to talk to us and, with my company, I really made the decision I wanted to do business in the community where I lived. And especially when we we downsized and we kind of moved to the country in North Georgia a couple of years ago. And I, I'm, I'm working with people now that um, 
that I love. It's so fulfilling, but I probably wouldn't have had coffee with you three years ago, you know, because, because of the size projects. And so, um, so we, we do a lot of the traditional thing, just the web design. We help people increase their visibility in search engines. Um, we, we automate the process of getting five-star reviews. And so for a lot of businesses, their online reputation is their lifeline, right? I mean, when, right. when, when, you, when you do a search and you say, find a vet near me, and you're looking, what they see in your reputation determines who they're going to click or call. It's, yeah, it's reviews. Like yeah. before I buy something on Amazon, I always look at the reviews. You always look 100%. at that for restaurants. So, yeah. so we automate that. And then, um, but, but my real passion now is our new video platform that you, you are familiar with yeah. um, called tribe video. And, you know, that's a, that's a platform built for small businesses just to send video email, collect video testimonials, uh, make branded videos with music and that kind of thing, or um, send video messages where you can record a video message and have the have the little animated GIF, right? You know, you've got your little sign and you can m- make your animated GIF that you can send in LinkedIn Messenger or Facebook or text right. or something. Because yeah, video is so- king when it comes to anything. Because any, I don't know the percentage you probably do, but in the statistic, but you. Most listen, like 95% of the time we see a video and we buy, so we don't typically buy it off of just a static post anymore. And so that's why reels and TikTok has just grown so much for businesses. Oh, look. Yeah. I mean, like 92% of CEOs, for example, will say that they would rather learn something new by watching a video than by reading. And we consume I mean, we, we literally consume hours of video content every single day. TikTok, Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, live or reels or a YouTube. Twitter, what, yeah, what, YouTube. Fa- Facebook video, whatever it is, we consume hours of video content. And I love helping people learn how to use it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody thinks you got to be a rock star and you got to be professional. And it's like, Correct. you don't. No, people want to see real. They want to see authentic, but they want to see clear. They just don't want a blurry image or a shaky phone. Yep. And, and, you know, the, the, the key there, there are best practice things, you know, but, um, but your face, one of the things, like I, I do a lot of public speaking and we do a lot of speaking on both video review management, online identity. And when we talk about video, I, I tell people your face is more than important than your logo today. Mm-hmm. You, you showing up your authentic, real self, not trying to be polished, not trying to be a newscaster, not trying to be whatever, but you show up you. And it is when, when we say we do business with people we know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. video is the fastest pathway to know, like, and trust. Yeah, because you get what you see, so to speak, That's they right. want to see the person they want to, to know that you're the real deal. Um, right. when I was in Florida a few months ago for a conference, I met a lot of the people that had known me only virtually. Right. And when they met me, <laughs> it was like, you look the same, you sound the same. I was like, well, that's, right. that's the point. That's right. The only thing that they said was I was shorter in person. <laughs> thought you were taller. They're like, how tall? I'm five one. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So they were like, I thought you were taller. I'm like, well, sorry to disappoint. They're just yeah. like, I don't know the camera angles, but that's it's just, funny that's how just the tights that just make me look they, like really, look really tall. tall. I'm only five foot one and I'm very petite person. And so most like, so people will tower over me. And so I, that was the one thing. It's kind of funny that when people watch video and watch someone, they create they fill in the blanks, right? We show them what we want to show and then they start filling in the blanks with what they think. And so you want to hopefully, you hope that they're thinking pretty accurately and not like something crazy. Um, you know, heights one thing, like that's just kind of funny to me, but it was a, it was a good thing. And it made me feel like I was doing the right thing on social media and marketing my business authentically. Yeah. Because people, people will say, well, I feel like I know you yeah. and they, and they, they can come up and there's not this pretense. It's not this show online. And then when they see you in person, really, you're just this standoffish, you know, snobbish, whatever, you know, when, when those two things connect there, there is that real, um, authenticity. Um, we, we hear that so much, it becomes a buzzword. And so I, it does. I, I, you know, I, I talk about showing up the real you, right? You know, being, be, be, being the real you when you come online. Um, I was doing coaching with a, with a lady. Um, I, I won't say her name or business, but I was doing some coaching with her on how to use video and how to show up. And um, she was amazing. Like we would get on these Zoom calls and we would talk about her business and she was animated and enthusiastic. And she just, there, 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 there was inflection and all of this stuff. And then she would record a video and I, I thought, I thought I was watching the, the six o'clock news. Frozen. Right? She was just frozen and stiff. And, and, and I'm like, where, where did you go? Right. And so uh, some, sometimes it takes a little practice and um, a little reassurance on how to, how to connect like that, you mm-hmm. know, um, on video because uh, people don't want to look silly. No, and they don't want to also sound scripted. I always say, just put a picture by the lens, A, just so you're looking at the lens and talk to the picture of the person. Like it just helps personify the the camera because I, I freeze up on lives. I don't do well on lives for some reason. And I went and did my video for my website and I, it was awful. It was awful. They made me look great, but it just, you know, you never know until you're there. And so you have to get, you have to know what works for you to get into the zone. Well, and you know, when, when we talk about not having to be professional, if, if people saw behind the scenes, some of the stuff that I've done when I've made some videos, um, they they would die. I, I literally like, so right in front of me, I have an 18 inch ring light. But imagine me standing with this ring light with a phone because I was recording um, the the person that wanted it, wanted a portrait video. So I recorded it and I used painter's tape to put a piece of paper to hang right above the camera with just three or four points. So it's stuck out there being suspended by painter's tape. And the because I move my hands so much, I'm I keep hitting the lapel mic or whatever. Right. 
So I had to get a mop handle, <clears throat> lean the mop handle against the chair, pin the lapel mic to the end of the mop handle right underneath where you could see it on the video. And it was the most jerry-rigged, redneck looking thing you've ever seen, <laughs> seen in your life. Um, but then you watch the video and you would, you'd never know. Right? No, you never know. That never I was know. totally redneck in the way I'm putting this thing together. Yeah. It's with, with tape and glue, right. And bubble gum. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, um, someone, my mom has some friends over and she's like, I want to see the closet that you work out in. I was like, okay, <laughs> come on in. She's like, Oh, this is, this is where you work out. I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you just put your phone. I said, well, I, I just got like a stand. I just got one, but I was like, I prop them up on my shoes right here. Oh, Heather, <clears throat> when I, when I first started my Instagram, this was four, four years ago, four and a half years ago, when I first started it, I had an iPhone 6S and I would literally stack pillows, the couch pillows. Oh yeah. I would stack them on the back of the couch. I would use my tennis shoe and to I would prop it up. And yeah. I, would, I would, I would stick my phone inside the tennis shoe and use the timer <laughs> and use the timer to take photos. And, um, you know, you, you, you do, you do what you got to do. And, you know, one, one of the things that I talk about, like I, when I do coaching, I'm like, practice doesn't make perfect practice makes progress. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just progressing and we, we take those steps. And then, then all of a sudden, you know, I probably went to Walmart and bought a $17 flimsy, you know, tripod to try to right. hold my phone. You know, you, you, you make progress and that's fine. So, uh, but get it, your but Bluetooth it's a lot of clickers, fun. you know, yes. And if, if you go back, like if you go really far back in my Instagram, you will tell the ones that were shot on a phone and you'll start looking and, you know, this isn't my clicker, but you, you, you will see my hand always looking like this. I know it's so hard to, to, to move the to clicker. So some of the ones the I've done, I'm like holding it, like my hands on my waist, but it's behind my thumb or it's that's like right. in my pocket. Like that's, there's yeah, no good right. way to hide it. Now they make nope. the finger ones. That's yeah. super easy, but it's yeah. yeah. Strategically placed. So, and then if, if, if you do the timer and you're not close to the camera and you can't really see, and so you're taking bunches of pictures, it, but you know, it, it, it was fun. You just do what you do, but, um, but also the clicker can help initiate the timer too. If you have it on a timer, you can click the, and then the timer will start. So at least you're in place. So well, then you can put the clicker away here, here, here's the thing. Our, our old house, um, our, our, our old house was in this fancy neighborhood it was a it was a big house blah 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 I'm sure my neighbors thought I was just some kind of narcissistic nut oh, because because filming because if you saw a lot of my photos a lot of them would be coming out of the front door or walking up to the house or something and so there'd be a tripod sitting out on our on our walk and then, and then you're frozen, right? You know, it's not, it's not like, Oh yeah. funny. Like, so, so you've got to start to take the step and then you got to stand there for like a half second to make sure he gets the photo. And, and you would see the neighbors out on the porches, drinking their coffee, looking at this guy standing here in front like, of their house. What is he doing? Yeah. Well, you know, you do what you do. It's funny. And you take so many photos of yourself, but everyone also needs to understand, like, cause you feel very like selfie 
very self-absorbed, almost like narcissistic when you're taking all these pictures. But again, if you're the brand and your face, like you have to show it, like maybe not every single post or whatever, but you still have to. And, and remember that not everyone sees your stuff. Oh yeah. So, I mean, put it out, put it out, put it out, you know? So, so for me, Instagram was a hobby for the longest time. Uh, in fact, you know, for, for years I'd had Instagram and the only thing I would post was the occasional meme or, you know, the kids basketball game or something. I, I, I wasn't a power user. Um, I, I certainly didn't use it for business or anything. Um, but I started a men's style page. I love, yeah. I, hope, I was hoping you're going to bring it up. Cause I was going to, I love that page guys. Just so you know, it's awesome. Well, I, pre- well, the thing the there's not a lot of old guys on Instagram, right? <laughs> most, most of them are these six pack fit 20 somethings who, you know, turn, turn their life into this mo- mosaic of luxury. And that's, right. and that's just not me. My, my, my page is kind of rugged to refined and, you know, the, 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 the whole 40 something now 50 something, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so, you know, I'm, I'm 51 now, uh, but, but I'm stuck with the 40 something style <laughs> domain because I was a little short sighted. Oh, um, that's right. You're yeah. It is say 40 something on your, on yeah. your, uh, on your uh, handle. That's right. But, but, but I, I literally started that I, I had, um, I had lost some weight and I went and bought a new suit. And when I bought the suit, I'll never forget. The guy says, here, do you want some of these socks? And they were these fancy socks. And I'm like, dude, I am too old for fancy socks. And so I didn't get them. And then I bought a new pair of really nice kind of expensive dress shoes. And I thought, you know, maybe maybe I should order some fancy socks from Amazon. So I bought a couple of packs. And on my personal Instagram page, I would snap a picture of my foot on the dash of my wife's infinity. And I'd snap the picture, I'd post it. And after I did this a couple of times, my kids started saying, that's just stupid. Nobody cares about your stupid sock. It just looks so dumb. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, okay. And so I would keep doing, I'm just annoying. I'd throw my foot up on the dash. I'd snap a picture of my sock and, um, I, and it'd be sock of the day, whatever. Right. Right. Um, and I can remember one time we're pulling out of the driveway and I throw my foot up on the dash and Holly says, why don't you just make a page for that? Right. And I'm like, well, damn it, I will. <laughs> and so, so literally I, I knew nothing about this men's style space on Instagram, um, but I had stumbled across this guy that had 40 over fashion. His name was John. And he's actually, a, he stayed with me a couple of times now, you know, I've gotten to know him. We've been to conferences together. Um, but, uh, but I, I had seen his page and his was 40 over fashion. And I'm like, well, I'll just make 40 something style, <laughs> you know, right. just made it up and uh, started reposting photos with my iPhone 6S stuck in a shoe. <laughs> so I uh, always actually direct clients to your Instagram because you do such a great job with engagement in your stories where they, you, uh, you do a lot of like this soccer, that sock and this suit or that suit. I don't care about men's wear. I don't, but I, that's not your every thing. time will pick my favorite sock, my favorite <laughs> shoe every time, because it makes it so fun. And I tell my clients, I tell my friends, go to see his page and go look at his stories because yeah. 
do something like that in your business because it, it, it just, it's fun. Yeah. And, and when I first met you, I thought that's what you did. Oh yeah. Because that's what I found. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people probably think that that's what you're like. I'm not in menswear, you know? Yeah. Well, no, a, a lot of people did because, um, I had, I have, I've got several really good buddies that are professional photographers, like really, really high-end lifestyle. Yeah. You have beautiful photography on your stuff. Thank you. And, um, so for a long time, we were shooting two or three times a week and, you know, I I've worked, I've been blessed. I've worked with like over 150 brands around the world. Um, I think in the first like two years I had gotten sent well, uh, I, I stopped counting at about 80 or $85,000 worth of stuff. Um, and so I've, I've had easily over $100,000 worth of clothes, shoes, belts, watch. I mean, when, when you see my Instagram, Heather, literally 98% of every single solitary thing you see, shoes, socks, belts, pants, slacks, underwear, t-shirt, shirts, jackets, pocket square, bags, rings, wallets, lights, glasses, everything is from a brand partner, everything. And so, um, and, and I only worked with more like higher end or boutique type brands. I wasn't interested in the disposable, you know, target wear or whatever. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that just wasn't what I was focused on. And so, uh, so it was a lot of fun and, you know, you got, I got paid too, but it certainly, if, if you were, if you were a 20 something and you were doing that and getting paid, you'd be in heaven. Um, yeah. Now I guess this is going to be a big question that I'll, I'll probably get. And I get this a lot is how do you get brands to do that for you? Do you go out and seek them out? Do you have to have a certain amount of following? Um, do they approach you? Um, I've had both, but yeah. typically the ones that approach you, you have to really, if it's not something that's known, it's usually you have to pay to play. Um, yeah. So how would you recommend someone looking for that? So be, because your audience is primarily women, I, I'm just going to tell you, it's, it's a different world. The, the men's space is, is a different world, particularly sure. the, I'm going to call myself the mature man, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to lean into my maturity. And um, so when I started um, first, I reckon because I've been in marketing so long, it was helpful because I knew how to talk a language that resonated with the brand. And so I would talk more about telling that brand's story and helping that brand increase awareness and engagement and um, creating content for them mm-hmm. because like I, I had a message the other day. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a message the other day from a buddy who is here locally. And he says, Hey, do you have any Parkhurst boots? And I'm like, yeah, I've got several pair of Parkhurst boots. He said, have you ever worked with Parkhurst? I'm like, yeah. He said, Oh, he said, well, I, he said, I, I saw some photos and I knew that they were you, you know, it didn't have my face, but either composition or the location yeah, style. Or some, or, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something. He said, I knew those were your photos. And so um, a lot of my photos end up on websites. I see them on Facebook ads all the flipping time, um, yeah. email, et cetera. So when it talks about working with brands, it's not about 
um, I've got this many followers and you're going to get this many sales. I really tried to work again with boutique brands and um, a little higher in. And I would just say, hey, this is who I am. This is my background. I'd love the opportunity to work with you to create content for you that you can utilize in your own marketing and help you to increase your awareness and your engagement. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you'll notice is when I work with a brand, I actually, actually try to train the brand, teach the brand how to engage with my audience when they comment on my posts. Right. That's a big thing. Cause that's and what a lot of companies make mistakes. They throw out, they comment five times, but they're not yeah. nurturing. And, and, and to personalize their brand, you know, they're not selling. It's not like somebody says, Oh, Brian, I love these shoes. And the brand says, Oh, you can get them for $499. Right. right. Rather it's Thanks so much. You know, we, we really appreciate it. We take, we, we take pride in our craftsmanship, but right. whatever, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be salesy. <clears throat> no. And, and, um, I, I'm, I'm a storyteller. And so I love, like, I mean, I literally, I can, I can talk to you about literally the, the designer of this pocket square. I, I know her name. I know that she goes to Japan to meet with indigo farmers that she, um, her, her name is Ruth Graves and, um, and that Ruth actually will go to like Peru, et cetera, and uh, knows the actual uh, baby alpaca farmers that they make the, <laughs> the, the wool. And so no, seriously, you know I mean? No, I know, you know the story and everything it's, behind it's, it. Cause it's just amazing. And so I can it. say, you know, Yes, it's 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 made in Italy and it's hand rolled and they're 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 unique and they're limited runs and da 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 and the texture is phenomenal. Well, if I get online and I'm talking about this and I'm talking about the story, that's a whole different thing than you going to Macy's and you picking up some shiny silky piece of crap for thirty five bucks, right? And and saying I got a pocket square. Now people are like, wow, I I want that. I want that story. I want to participate in the story. And yeah, so, it, it gives it life. It it people yeah. invest in people, people invest in something they care about, knowing, liking, trusting. Yeah. They want to feel like th they're going to care about it, right? And that's yeah. ties us back to video and just being authentic and being clear with messaging and not being surface. Yeah, and going deeper. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's so funny. I, I I do a lot of coaching, um, one on one or small group coaching for video. And, you know, a lot of what we do is help people. I've, I've got, I've got the C's down, right? So we help people um, connect emotionally. We help people have confidence on camera. We help them clarify their message and we help them build a content strategy. Mm -hmm. And so um, that connecting emotionally is, is where we become really the most vulnerable because we're, we're, overcoming the the fear and the and the the discomfort the the hesitation on camera and we just we just do it and you know i tell people one, one of the highest stress times of your life is when you hit the button and it flashes saying going live <laughs> right 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 yeah. right and, yeah. and 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 all of a sudden it's like what what do i say and then and then there's nobody there and then it's like i'm talking to myself right i'm just i'm talking to myself it's and then hard yeah and yeah. 
you know, so when, when we're done, you know, you, you, te you teach people, how, how, how do you do that? How do you overcome that? And I love live video. I mean, like I, I love going live, particularly on Instagram. Instagram's my, my, my jam. Um, fa Facebook is okay for me, but I, I enjoy going live on Instagram. Hmm. Well, you have, so, there's so many things that you're so good at. And so it's always so fun to talk to you and connect. And I mean, I, I could talk to you all day. We chatted before we even got on here. And so hopefully the listeners are enjoying everything that you're saying. I would love it if you could tell me where we can find you. Cause we already mentioned your men's page. We mentioned your a bunch of different things. Cause sure. Brian is super talented. And so if you want to work with you on coaching for video or check out your marketing strategy or your video, where can we find you? Uh, the easiest place is to just go to brighttribe.com. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's, and people say, is that B-R-I-T-E? And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's not a word. <laughs> right. B-R-I-G-H-T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's B-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, bright, brighttribe.com is, uh, is, is our main agency page. And from there you can, uh, you can learn about video. You can, you can be taken off all over the place. It doesn't go to my, it doesn't go to my personal men's style page, but that's just a hobby. If somebody's interested, they can, they can ask, but yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just fun in general to, yeah. to look at, but, um, thank you so much for being here. This was fantastic. And, uh, I, I encourage my listeners to go and find you. Yeah. Well, Hey, I, I really do appreciate it. And, um, yeah, you're, you're a rock star. Your, your blog is fantastic. I mean, your podcast is fantastic. And, um, it's exciting to see how it has grown and progressed. And so, yeah, I appreciate well, you, you having me on. Yeah, of course. And I'm so happy you're now a part of the journey. And so um, hopefully our, 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 our listeners will come out and look for you and um, come back again another time. I love <laughs> having you on. So thanks so much. See you soon. Of course. And so thank you very much for listening to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.